welcome to a There It Is podcast mini episode, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration with a quick tip. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for giving us a listen today. This is another mini episode, which means we have other mini episodes in the feed. Give those a listen after you're done with this one. And in many of these episodes, I'm sharing a tip or some advice that I asked a comedian I know or performer I know or previous guest on the podcast for advice on. And in this one, though, I'm going to share just an observation that I had. I'm not saying I know everything about this stuff, but it's just an interesting thought I had and I wanted to share it. Today's topic is what Yes And teaches us about collaborating For those of you who don't know, yes and is a bedrock principle of improv. It's been said so much that even people who have never taken an improv class have heard before. They are familiar with yes and. It's also said so much that a clear understanding of it has been lost for many improvisers. Some respond to hearing it so much that they think it's just some old saying that you can ignore because you know how to do improv. Others think you must literally say yes and throughout a scene, and some think it means agreeing to everything hard, forgetting that they can put their own stamp on the scene. The problem is, if you're too loose or too tight with the concept, you can lose sight of what makes improv work. I want to make a deeper point about yes and, but first, for clarity's sake, let's get down to the basics and explain what yes and stands for in improv. The textbook point behind it is that good improv scenes start when you accept what your scene partner has said and done and then respond by adding to it in a way that furthers their idea. Example, if your scene partner starts a scene rowing a boat and says, going to be a good day for fishing today, I can feel it. Then accept that your characters are in a boat, your scene partner is rowing, and you're going fishing and your scene partner's character is optimistic about catching some fish. That is the world that has been established for the scene. So a response that accepts that world and adds to the idea of excitement of going fishing helps solidify the world. So a response like, oh yeah, the camp is going to be happy when we bring back plenty of fish for the day, accomplishes this. It accepts that they are fishing, and adds to the world by establishing that there's a camp of hungry people waiting to eat. It's really that simple. It doesn't have to be funny right away, but if it is, great. If it's not, don't feel rushed. The audience has a pretty clear idea of the specifics they need to know right now, and some potential stakes are even hinted at. So that's a very good foundation for the scene, and it can get funny after that. The reason instructors drill into our heads that we must agree to what is presented is because it's much harder to make up a scene on the spot when you judge that initiating line by having the character argue about or ignore what has been stated. It's also hard to do the scene when you flat out deny the reality your partner has set. Starting a scene where the improvisers aren't agreeing on the basic premise and circumstances of the scene makes it hard for the improvisers to know what to do next. 
Imagine if the response to that initiating line is, John, stop horsing around. We're trying to write this presentation. Have you seen that scene before? Because I have. (laughs) And it's not fun. It's a shock to that initiator. They were in the mindset of being out on a lake fishing, perhaps in a different time period, and certainly not in an office boardroom. It's almost dizzying. When that's happened to me, I no longer know where I am. And we're already two lines into the scene, a crucial part of the scene. So not knowing where I am and what's going on is uh, pretty bad that deep into the scene. It's confusing to the audience, too. It's not usually funny. And when it does get a laugh, it's a cheap laugh and it's fleeting. That doesn't lead to a scene the audience will ultimately enjoy watching. A fundamental element to Yes And is support. Yes, practically, it makes more sense to agree to what your scene partner has established because it makes the scene easier to do. But the deeper point is that your partner will feel supported and know you have their back. That support makes their idea work and makes them open up and provide more ideas. This is what makes improv such great training ground for how to collaborate. When you're able to support your partner and an idea, you can create things. Yes, you are using your point of view to help them, but the focus is still on the idea. You are adding to the idea. So how you think your brand of creativity will still be a part of things. I'm not trying to get you to divorce yourself of how your brain works. But the point is that being focused on supporting trains you to not judge others or their ideas. It's not about what you think is best. It's about how you can help the idea be its best. How can you help your partner be their best? That doesn't involve changing the direction or changing the take or trying to fix how someone else operates. It's like the legs of a table hold the table up. They support. Some people on a team are the legs. Some people are the tabletop. Some are the wood finish. Each person brings their unique perspective to help build on the original idea. Say you're on a project and the team lead says, let's make a table, and they lay out their vision for it. Someone else on the team might say, oh, great idea. This kind of tabletop matches your vision. And you might then say, that tabletop looks great, and these legs go perfectly with it. Now, if the first response to the lead's vision was, that's a terrible idea, that vision sucks, that would stifle creativity and productivity. It halts the process completely. It shoots down the idea before it's even had a chance to see the light of day, and it doesn't provide any ways to go forward. It's just back to the drawing board in an atmosphere that doesn't feel open to ideas. People clam up in that kind of environment, and you need to be free and open for creativity to flow. Granted, most people aren't going to blurt out, that idea sucks, or that's stupid, but when someone is immediately dismissive to an idea before it's even been developed, it has the same clamming up effect. Now, in some situations, you have to say no to things, and that can be fine. Uh, For instance, I read an article where a reporter went behind the scenes at Conan. And the head writer at the time, Mike Sweeney, was reading a list of ideas for remotes for Conan to do. He was just rattling them off. He'd read one and Conan would say, no, 
Sweeney would read another and Conan would say no. In that kind of situation, that's necessary. But it's important to note, A, who is saying no, and B, what the situation is. This isn't the collaborative stage. This is the stage of picking an idea, and some aren't going to be appealing to the person in charge who is going to be doing them on camera, that being Conan. In that example, Conan is the team lead. Everyone else there is supporting his vision for the show. They bring up ideas. He picks the one he thinks is best to do. The only way to do that is for him to say no until he gets to the one he thinks is best. Another kind of situation is when you're presenting your idea for a thing you're going to do, when you're bouncing your idea off of a team or peers. I've been in that kind of situation before, and I've seen a lot of people in comedy and stand-up and sketch try to change a premise away from the perfectly fine take the originator had. They called themselves helping. Well, you could do this with it, but that's not helping the idea as it is. That's changing the idea altogether and putting it back at square one. It's not super collaborative, and it doesn't help the idea be the best it can be so the originator can decide its fate. Sometimes when you're working on something, you'll need advice from your peers or the room just so you can finish it at its best. When people try to help you by changing it instead of making notes, the effect is not really helpful. Let's use a tangible example. Say you're molding a bust of Abraham Lincoln for some reason. Conan loves Abraham Lincoln, so yeah, okay, it's an Abraham Lincoln bust that you're making. And there's something off about it to you, but you can't put your finger on what it is. So you ask for some insight. Bad advice would be to say, why don't you do one on Jerry Seinfeld? You're in comedy. Make it a Jerry Seinfeld bust. Or they might say, you know what would be cool? A sculpture of a hawk. Why don't you do that? That's cool. That actually happens a lot amongst stand-ups. People just totally change the idea. And it's like, well, that's your joke. I'm trying to work on my joke. They just completely change the premise. You could do this. Yes, you could. But... You're trying to do something else, so the advice just doesn't match. It doesn't really help the idea. Some people will overthink things and get way ahead and say, well, the real tricky part is the glazing process. You got to make sure you da-da-da-da-da. How does any of that tell you what's off about the actual physical bust of Abraham Lincoln that you're molding? It doesn't tell you that the problem is that the beard is too pointy and the bust is rough around the edges. It's not that you need to scrap it or change it into Seinfeld or a hawk. Good advice, the advice that would actually help this bust, this idea, be the best that it can be is uh, smooth it out around the edges and take the pointiness out of Lincoln's beard. He's not Robin Hood. Some people can't see past their own ideas to help you. That doesn't mean they don't support you. It just means they don't have the perspective you need at that moment. Or maybe they don't know how to say, I don't know. So what do you do if you're in that situation? The advice I got from a therapist, eh, give it up for normalizing therapy, is to be thankful for their wanting to help and say, I think I'm not being clear about what I need help with. I want to make a bust of Lincoln and something about this bust feels a little off. I can't put my finger on it. What makes it look different than Lincoln? What do you think? Now they know they have something specific to look for. Now, I'll say 
there are still some people who won't get it and will flat out talk out of their ass instead of saying, I don't know, or they'll act like they know it all and you're just wrong. If they keep making nonsense suggestions that only serve to reinforce their idea and not yours, then thank them for their thoughts and don't ask them for any more advice on the subject. I'm not saying hate on them, though, or that you should cut them out of your circle. I'm saying they can't help you this time. And you don't have to waste any time or energy getting them to understand. Try to stay on task in those situations. Acknowledge any tough emotions that come up as a thought and refocus on the work so you don't get sidetracked. It's easy to think about how others are dropping the ball and supporting us, though. But the real lesson here is how you can better support others when collaborating or offering advice or help. Whether you're in an office, an improv scene, writing a sketch with your sketch team, or working on music in your band, collaboration can be hard sometimes. Stay focused on the idea and how you can support it and make it the best it can be. That approach will help you and those around you be the best you can be. I hope these tips help you shake off any bad feelings, and inspire you to get some work done. Thanks for listening to this mini episode. All episodes of the podcast are available on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash there it is. We upload old and new episodes throughout the week, and we just posted a recent enhanced episode earlier today. Like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Also, subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 